Who's that? Oprah. You don't even have to say Winfrey, right? It's just Oprah. Uh, probably the most, one of the most famous people in the whole world, right? Uh, and, and so um, I can tell you that Oprah was born on January 29th in 1954 in Kosciuszko, Mississippi. That makes her 65 years old, by the way. Her net worth is $2.6 billion, with a B, dollars. Uh, she is a media executive, an actress, talk show host, TV producer, and a huge philanthropist. Has done some pretty incredible stuff with schools, particularly in Africa. Um, and, and she is insanely famous, wildly successful. You all recognize her on sight, right? You know something about her. You might even know a lot about her. You, it's possible that you may have watched her show for decades. But do you know her? Anybody here personally know Oprah? No? Okay. Let's try this one. A little closer, a little closer to home. Who's that? Baker Mayfield. He is your starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, right? Uh, he was born April 14th of 1995. I'd already graduated from college. <laughs> He was born in Austin, Texas. That makes him 24 years old. Uh, he played for the Oklahoma Sooners, where he won the Heisman Trophy. He is an All-American football player, number one draft pick in the, uh, the 2018 um, NFL Draft. Uh, he apparently loves to go to Cleveland Indians game and shotgun beer there. I don't know if you saw that in the news, but uh, some people were rather offended by that. I bet you that there are people who attend this congregation who can tell me all kinds of incredible stats about Baker Mayfield. There are all kinds of, there's all kinds of excitement about him. Does anybody, I mean, he lives in Cleveland. Does, it, does anybody know Baker? No? No? But I bet you there are a lot of people who know a lot about him. Those aren't the same thing, are they? Knowing someone and knowing about someone. What about this guy? Do you know that guy? Yeah, that's Michelangelo's depiction of God riding the clouds. This is on the Sistine Chapel. There is a danger for us as Christians that we could know a lot about God without actually knowing him. There are all kinds of messages out there about who God is and what he is like. There are all kinds of opinions about God. How do you sift through it all? How do you get to know God? Well, how do you get to know anybody? You spend time with them, right? You listen to them. You talk to them. It's a process of, of revelation. And, and, you know, yeah, that's the last book of the Bible, is Revelation. But it means to make something known. It makes, makes something seen. And in this relationship that we have with God, he, he's making himself seen to us. 
You know, we often have ideas of what, what people are like, and it's not until we spend time with them that we really get to know them. It's not until we drop our guard that we really get to see who people are. And we begin to find out what that person is really like. And this is, this is actually one of the really amazing and wonderful things about God. He wants to be known. He wants you to know him. And so he sent his son so that we could know him. John 1 uh, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And as you read through the Gospel of John, you, you, you come to understand that this Word that John is talking about at the very beginning of his Gospel is Jesus. This is why Jesus came. So you read through John chapter 1, and I bet you everybody was like, yeah, in the beginning, yeah, yeah I know that. You know, and you kind of go through the rest of the chapter. You get to verse 18 and it says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let let me say that a little bit differently. Who here has visibly seen God? Okay, me neither. How do we know him? Because Jesus, the Son of God, you know, get kind of theological here, the second person of the Trinity, came and became one of us to make God known. Even at Jesus' time, there were people who thought they knew all kinds of things, you know, and they knew that they knew God. But in the, in the end of it, they knew a lot about God, but they didn't really know his heart. They didn't really know what he was about. And so Jesus came to reveal God's love, his salvation, his forgiveness, his will in our relationship with one another. His will for our relationship with him. The only way to really know God is in Jesus. Now, I I imagine there might be some people out there going, time out. There are all kinds of people out there who, who, you know, say, I know about God. And, well, doesn't the Bible itself say that nature teaches us about God? I mean, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Can't you know God just by observing the, the incredible order, the amazingness of creation? You can know about God by observing creation. But you can't know him. You know, you watch creation sometime. Watch a cat catch a mouse. Watch the landfall of a hurricane. Watch a volcano. Watch an earthquake and a landslide. Those are all natural things, right? What do they teach you about God? Or do they teach you more about a fallen and broken world? The only way to truly know God 
is in Jesus. Because, because nature can't teach you this. It can't teach you how deeply and profoundly God loves you. That he would love you so deeply that he would send his only begotten son to bear your sin, to die for you, for you, to make you his own. Our reason, our senses, uh, our intellect, uh, uh, the measurements and, and all of the experience we do cannot get you to the cross. They cannot get you to the crucified Christ where he atones for our sins and it will definitely not get you to the empty tomb where Jesus rises to give you everlasting life. And not just this, this everlasting life where we, we go to heaven and everything is peaceful. An everlasting life where our graves will be empty because God will raise us from the dead to live with him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. And that's actually begun even now. That God is doing that work in us here and now to lead us to that day that we live in his glory resurrected from the dead. Now, if you know someone, will you know something about them too? Sure, absolutely. In fact, it's not unusual to know something about someone before you really get to know them. You know, I remember uh, back when I was in college, there was a pretty blonde girl who lived in the dormitory across from mine. Um, I learned some things about her. She wore a Cleveland Indians hat. She was on the softball team at the college. She was from Ohio, much to my horror as a boy who grew up in Michigan. And over time, I got to know her. We know about God. And that's good, because what we know about God is actually pretty important. Because there are a lot of people out there in the world who think they know God. And what they know about God is actually not true. They think they know what God is like and what he's about, and they're wrong. And so in order to present who God is, sometimes we have to start talking about him, about him. And that's why we have things like the creeds and catechisms, so that we can have a vocabulary to talk about what God is like. Anybody here read the Harry Potter books? Okay. Anybody here see the movies? Okay. Um, the books are better. That's standard rule, right? The books are better. Um, there is a class in uh, Hogwarts, the, uh, the school there, that's called Defense Against the Dark Arts. That probably isn't, doesn't take too much to figure out. That you know, There are dark arts and there are bad things that are happening. So how do you defend yourself from them? There are bad things that happen in this world bad things about how people know what they think they know about God. How do you defend yourself against those, against those bad teachings, those wrong teachings? 
Well, that's this. That's what the Apostles' Creed is all about. It's taking what God has said in his Bible, which I don't know if you've noticed, it's a really big book. Anybody here have the whole thing memorized? Okay, me neither. However, anybody here have the Apostles' Creed memorized? Yeah. And it gives you a condensed version of what the whole thing teaches. Same thing with the catechism. And frankly, this is one of the reasons that things like, like Sunday school and, and 611 and youth gatherings and Bible study are so important. So that you can know about God, so that in your Bible reading, your devotions and your prayer time, you get to actually know God. As he walks through you in your life. So we, we gather week upon week and we say these words, I believe whether we do it in the Apostles' Creed or in the Nicene Creed. And I think that sometimes when we say those words, I believe, uh, there's the sense that, uh, you know, I think. You know, but that's not what what the creeds mean. That it's not saying these are the things that we think about God. We're saying, I trust. I am betting everything on this about God. Because this is who he is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know the Father through the Son. The Spirit is at work in me that I might believe in the Son and know the Father. And so we trust and we bet it all on Jesus. And because we bet it all on Jesus, we know and we trust the Father and the Spirit. Amen.